talent so? in boxing, yeah, talent in boxing sure. is useless without hard work. There's the biggest notion that all Africans or black people in sport, all we are is power, innit? We're just mm, power, yeah, yeah. Mm. brute force, like, no you know, even to the point of where, like, one day I asked my coach, I said, like, when people say, oh, you're a beast, mate, I'm like, ah. And you know what's so funny about Yaya Toure? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's one of the most gifted te- 100%. technically. 100%. 100%. And I feel like that's the only thing they wanted to talk about. So um, I remember when I first heard Paddy Tempest chat here, yeah, pass out, he said a bar, he said, oh, I've been to Southampton, but I've never been I've to Southampton. Mm-hmm. I've never deep that bar until my second amateur fight. Eyes on the ball. Uh, you already know what it is. It's eyes on the ball. We're back again with another special episode. You got your favourite boys, Big Belly Dance, Daz EO TV, and Jay Quay. What are we telling them, people? What are we telling them, yeah, man? Alive and well, man. We're here. Yeah. Gracious. Me, Look, looking forward to this episode. Should be a very good one. Great yeah. guest. Great topic. Should be some great conversation as well. No, hundred percent, man. Like Darren has already said, we've got a very special guest, someone dear to my heart. <laughs> um, one of the You're top. Trying boxes. to butter me up. <laughs> just, trying to, just trying to ease you in. Trying to ease you in. No, um, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. One of the top boxers in the UK. We've got Derek Osaze. He's here to speak, preach to the people. Tell them something, Derek. Nah, I appreciate it, man. It's an honour to be on the podcast. I feel like saying, Mama, I made it still. <laughs> <laughs> I made it, I made it. But nah, nah. man, I appreciate it. I love the podcast. I love what you like doing, man. It's, it's, yeah, it's I an hear that. To love it still. Appreciate it still. But yeah, um, we're basically going to get get into it. We don't want to waste any time. Today's a, an important episode. We're trying to like spread some light on, obviously, recent issues that have um, gone on. And... Um, we just want to make sure that we get our point across to the people. And the best way to do it is obviously um, through a sportsman like Derek, who's obviously a boxer, and he obviously has a lot of opinions on racism and how black pe- black athletes are treated in general. Um, but before we get into the meat of today's episode, have you, how have you been quarantining and like your training schedule? How have you been keeping up to date with that? Um, it's been interesting. Uh, of course... For me personally, a lot, a lot of other boxers, there's not much more you can do other than obviously running. We're doing a lot of runs. Of boxing. Um, I'm lucky yeah. enough. I've, I've got a punching bag at my house and my garden, um, so we're doing some exercises with that. So it's been, it's been good, but of course it's not, um, it's not ideal. But you got to yeah. do what you got. Really, I think the main element you miss is obviously sparring, pad work. Obviously, I do meet up with my coach every now and then. Um, so. I think from last week, um, obviously after the announcement that pro athletes can start training again and stuff up to six people, um, yeah. I've been doing like some more work with my coach this week, so um, it's nice to be back in a sort of kind of like the, the usual setting. Still not back to normal fully, um, but mm. you can only make do with what you have, man. Really, you just yeah. kind of have to roll with the punches. Um, so yeah, so obviously a lot of shallow boxing, running, hitting the bag when I can, just doing stuff you know you have to get you have to be super creative in this time to be honest man yeah so that's what it is i've always wanted to know though going from what you said in terms of like the training and obviously you're obviously mm. always prepping for matches and i know training camps for yeah, boxers yeah, yeah. are always long but what's the fine yeah. line between like talent and the hard work kind of thing if that makes sense boy in bo- 
the fine line between talent and hard work in boxing. I think in boxing, hard work is always going to beat talent because you talent so? in boxing, yeah, talent in boxing sure. is useless without hard work. Yeah, like, you look at your Floyd Mayweather's and you look at your Golovkins or your your Canelo your Canelo Alvarez's, right? But they, they talk about their talent a lot. Yeah, they never talk about their hard work enough. Yeah, they don't talk about Mayweather would leave a club at three a.m. in these Tims and go for a run straight there and then. They don't talk about that. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Mayweather. Mayweather puts across this image that you know he doesn't really try or whatnot, but like that's all a facade. But that guy trains hard. If you mm. watch an interview from Zab Judah when he spent a week with him in camp, he yeah. said the guy like literally just trains like how silly amount of hours a day. So, and I think you know boxers, you can have talent, but without hard work, it's useless. And I feel like boxers, certain boxers can be made. So hard work is important. Like yeah. So um, that's why I've even been a bit baffled. Yet. I know a lot of boxers are lying to themselves and saying that yeah, I'm in great shape. I can fight tomorrow. That's that's a lie because. <laughs> it makes me question what type of training you're doing in the first place because I know what when I'm training I'm training two three times a day six yeah. days a week when I'm fighting so in lockdown there's no way I'm going to meet the intensity that I'm, that I'm used to obviously all I can do is just tick over so yeah definitely hard work plays a, a big factor I've boxed guys that are talented than me and I've, I've, I've broken their hearts of hard work because talent can only take you so far mm. you know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah Nah, yeah, no, I, d- I def- definitely agree on that as well, man. I feel like even <laughs> not not even just in in boxing, but in a lot of sports, man. Yeah, 100%. Um, it's, 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 it's the exact same sentiment. Like we've seen, mm-hmm. especially for, like for example in football, you'll see um, players when they're younger and they have more talent than the others. Yeah. Um, they seem to excel, but then as you get older and people's bodies start filling in you, mm-hmm. the, the ones that don't work as hard you kind of see yeah, it of course 100%. um because bruv they've been chased like for years in it and like, yeah, bruv, like yeah. you said man talent only gets you so far man yeah. um in boxing football as well bruv do you know what i'm saying so it's always important just to just to be hungry man and yeah, i feel yeah. like i don't i don't know any sport in the world where you can cheat and be the greatest like, and be at the top of your game bruv really and truly man 100 yeah, exactly. even like I, I feel like even like Messi, for example, people say that he's probably the most talented player in the world, which I can agree on. But at the same time, bruv, to be able to sustain that level of greatness, Bro, that means know he's working. it takes exactly. a ridiculous amount working. of work ethic, man. 100%. A ridiculous amount. Because fam, you have, to, you have to remember, the game is progressing as well, bro. Not just yep, the players, yep. man. Everyone yep. else is growing as well, bruv. And you have bro, to stop your game for that amount of years, man. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's, it's telling... I think it's telling that you say that, and obviously we're going to touch on this when it comes to media, media, the media's role in racism in general. But fam, that's another media propaganda because when we look at Messi and Ronaldo, the two greatest footballers yeah, yeah. right now of our time, there's always this narrative presented to us by the media that Messi's know, the talented one and Ronaldo's yeah. the one who works hard, and yeah. that's what's been like forced yeah. upon us. But deep it, fam. They both work hard, you know. Like they nah, both like, hundred percent. And you know, what is like is, is is even mad because an, another um, dynamic they try to go over is that Ronaldo is the the city boy, the one that's outlandish. He's yeah. always taking off his top. This is this, and Messi is the quiet one. He's humble. Mm-hmm. This is this. Mm-hmm. And bruv, if 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 you look at interviews of players that they've they've played with. There's people out there that was like, if I remember when Zlatan had an interview, he was like, fam, Messi's one of the most arrogant players I've played with, bro. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? But mm. like you said, then a media perception, man, um, yeah, they yeah, kind of yeah. control the narrative when it comes to, just to, put, to players, man. Just to put a bow on this, in there, I think it's, um, 
not that it's changed, but obviously more of a light has been shined on the um the work ethic aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. with the death of uh, Kobe, in it. Yeah, because mm. obviously he's known for his work ethic, his yeah, mama yeah. mentality, his tenaciousness. That's literally his brand. So um, I think obviously with uh, the messages that uh, people are coming out with and just what he promoted, it's a uh, more knowledge now, common knowledge that mm. work ethic is everything. From like, yeah, if you don't 100%. have the mama mentality, you ain't gonna know. Grab the last song yeah. literally highlighted that work ethic. Highlighted, yeah. Like everyone got a first hand view to hard work like work ethic like the last dance yeah i say to mandem yeah like even forgetting all the stuff that we could bring out of it and the lessons we can draw out of it bruv it was like a movie fam we were living the life of michael jordan do you get what i'm saying the movie from his perspective and i think it's all encompassing to just see how like important hard work is to anyone's yeah. talent do you get what i'm saying yeah i think definitely. it's as simple as it's as simple as like talent's a seed right Mm. Hard work is everything else. The water, the soil, like literally, mm, it's the yeah. only to start a seed. If not, like managed properly with the right uh, environment, the right nutrients. nutrients. Dis- mm. Disclaimer, disclaimer. Mm. Derek's got all the analogies. <laughs> 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 it's so funny you bring up Ronaldo and Messi, and I think that one gets brought up a lot because Messi comes across as the more naturally talented player, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, Ronaldo looks like he is the embodiment of what hard work means and effort. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I think obviously, like with with them narratives, because I don't think Messi was expected to reach these levels from a young age. That's why Barcelona put so much investment and so much time into him. I don't yeah. believe Cristiano Ronaldo was expected from a young age to maybe reach the heights he has. In yeah. a way, some can say that Ronaldo was an overachiever. Yeah, so no, he literally I th- is. I think that's why they're painted in different lights. So, but yeah, no, yeah. talent, talent is nothing without hard work, man. Especially in a sport like boxing, without hard work, you will get found out, you will get exposed. Definitely, man. Derek, my, my my question is kind of um, yeah. think of it like a timeline kind of question, like a two phase question. So yeah, I yeah. want to begin with, um. For well, people like me, I won't say people like me, but in like my, my childhood, I wasn't really exposed to boxing. The main sport was was football. So yeah, my question yeah. to you is, how did you get brought into the world of boxing? Mm. Um, how like, was your entry route into that? And my second uh, question you can you can answer afterwards is, um, where do you see your career going, man? Ultimately, like, what are you trying to achieve? What's the bigger picture? What what don't we? Um, automatically see from from Derek like what what are you trying to give to the world basically cool cool um yeah very good questions um the first one uh how did I get into boxing I probably said this story so many times but to keep out of trouble like, I grew up in Peckham innit um so mm. same with you guys all we knew was football do you know what I mean like mm. football I played football for many years I, I loved sports innit like PE was like the one subject where I used to say it was my release innit so um but from a young age, I, I was getting into getting into trouble a lot at school. Um, had issues with anger management, and let's mm. say my disciplinary record in football was abysmal. There, like it was, it was abysmal. Like so, you were basically you were basically like, the kids Ser- that they had Sergio to hide Ramos. When came. Sergio Ramos is the king. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when Ofsted when Ofsted were about, we was in what we call unit, innit? That's basically external exclusion, innit? Yeah. So like it was, so it was mad. So uh, by year ten. 
I've lost track of how many times I've been excluded. I think the last mm. the, the last time I tried to count, I think it was like sixteen between year one and year ten. Oh my um, god! Wow, no. And that's the only ones I can remember, to be honest. So, like I said, my my, my disciplinary record of football was abysmal as well. Like red cards, yellow cards. So one day, obviously, I'd always followed boxing, and one day my friend started boxing and said, "Yo, Derek, I think you should try this boxing thing. Like it would help." Obviously, with you know controlling your anger or whatnot. I don't even know why I was such an angry you. I, I, I don't get it. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like a, mm. I grew up in some a rough environment. Obviously, people say, I'll peck him as a rough environment. I didn't see it like that. So, literally found the local boxing club. I, I moved from Peckham to Thamesmead. Um, then I found a, bowl, a local boxing club in Charlton called Meridian. Are you from Thamesmead as well, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, mad. So, then I found a local boxing club and yeah, just literally the rest was history. I walked into the gym just basically to keep out of trouble, it went from a hobby, became a passion, became a lifestyle, and then yeah, ten years later, literally, I'm I'm a pro boxer. So it's mad because when I first started it, it was just kind of like yeah, let me see how this goes. Then I started competing as an amateur. I think I started boxing 15, but I didn't start competing until I was 19 when I was in uni because okay. I'm Nigerian, isn't it? So. At the time of GCSEs, my parents were not having it. They're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> they were having it because obviously I'll get, I'll go to training. I was still going to school in Peckham, so imagine I'm busting all the way to Peckham. I come back from school, I go straight to training, I get home at 10 pm. So my yeah, parents were having it. I'm doing that like two, three times a week. So yeah, that's basically why I got into boxing to keep out of trouble. Um, in terms of where I want to go in boxing, ultimately, like I said, I'm not, let's not get it twisted. I'm not in boxing to like, just to be in boxing for boxing's sake. I'm not here to make money. I could have made more money. I've got a degree and a master's. I could have made more money doing other stuff outside of boxing. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not here to, to make up numbers, bruv. I'm here to take over. So for me, ultimately, the ultimate goal is to become a multiple weight world champion and basically use my success as a platform to help bring up the next generation and do other things. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, man, that, that's, that's the plan. That's long-term. Obviously, short-term, keep climbing up the rankings, you know. Um, mm have to sort of at some people that I've been trying to avoid, man. No comment. Talk your stuff, man. No, I'm just obviously, I don't, I don't. All I'm saying, yeah, all I'm saying, all I'm saying. You lot, you lot are doing a sports podcast, yeah? If you ever speak to box, like when you see boxers interviews, don't get it twisted. Some of these boxers that say, yeah, I'll fight anyone. I want to fight the best. I want to, I want to go all the way to the top. They're lying. Don't get it twisted. My manager showed me messages text messages from other managers and he said look Del, i'm not even lying to you look what his manager said uh yeah that, that kid he's a bit too tricky or going elsewhere or uh don't fancy that fighting that kid um he, he he's quite awkward do you know what i mean so boxing's uh, it's moving a bit like WWE this is what now, i'm saying so. no but it's in football it's political. If, if football <laughs> if football or if, not even football if sports here was to show receipts yeah, yeah we will be shocked about what no we'll be very shocked we'll be very shocked we'll be very shocked so yeah that's the short-term plan man getting up the rankings hopefully looking at getting the english title or a british title eliminated that's what's been spoken about obviously the show's yeah. happening behind closed doors so mm. names been thrown into the hat next probably speaking to two promoters about looking to confirm with a promoter by the end of the year hopefully so we'll see how that goes yeah, so yeah, that's a short yeah. term but long term plan yeah man world champ has to be yeah hey we love that we like world champ on the pod you know you has to be. I hear Multiple. that I hear that <laughs> what's up damn middleweight and we'll see pod. what super middleweight is saying trust me um 
Yeah, man, I love everything you've been saying so far, man. But what I, what I wanted to ask was, um, you spoke about um, different styles, different guys ducking. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, coaches saying this guy's a bit unorthodox. Mm-hmm. Um, you specifically in your style, would you say that you patterned it after anyone or um, looked up to anyone when you were just you know doing your boxing education and obviously developing your your game? Um, not really. You know, I'd say the only person. In terms of my boxing style, and that I really looked at, and I took, I learned to, and I, th- I say Roy Jones Jr. But the only reason why, not that I box hey. like him, but I like the fact that he created his own style. He was his own yeah. boxer. Like he, mm. he made things that were unorthodox become orthodox. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he, he was special. Fan. He saw. You know, they talk about textbook. Like he, Roy Jones, basically with his style, took the textbook and stepped on it and said, "Yeah, he made his own technique. He made his own technique and like." What Roy Jones Jr. did, stuff, he did things that you shouldn't really teach to young boxers. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, some yeah, of it goes against, you know, like he barely threw a jab. His hands were extremely low. Do you know what I'm saying? But what I learned from him is that, you know, to too many boxers trying to copy other boxers. Like, be yourself. Like, I coach a lot of young guys in the gym. And I don't know how many times they come in, they've watched one May with a video. And they're inspiring, <laughs> trying to do the Philly show. And it's like, oh... Derek, I keep getting hit. Why? And I said, well, you're trying to incorporate a style that my man took 20 years to build. Mm. He had he had 200, he had about 100 and something amateur fights. How many amateur fights you had? So yeah. basically stay in your lane. So I think that's what the main thing that Roy Jones taught me is that be yourself. Do you know what I mean? Um, so yeah. not that I've taken from anyone's style. I'm a pretty unorthodox boxer. Um, so I can be quite awkward. Do you know what I mean? So, so yeah. So, second question, sir. Um, Obviously, you spoke about your short-term goals, long-term goals, but currently, obviously, eighth in the UK in your division, ten and a record. Um, what's your immediate plans to obviously climb up the rankings, get into the top five, you know, and start um, going up against some of the elites in, in your yeah, division? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, well, um, box like I said, box is very political. Um, so before you fight for titles and stuff. Um, there's such things as you know having to put in requests to the boxing board of control there are so many factors um before um obviously covid19 setting and the pandemic started um the next line of progression was fighting for the english title Mm. Um, but unfortunately what happened is the guy who has the english title has a mandatory defense someone he has to defend against okay yeah that fight couldn't happen because of um the covid19 and obviously he has a final eliminator what that basically means is it's kind of like two semi-finals he has to defend his title and the guy who wins the other match of the final eliminator then gets a shot at him does that make sense so you can imagine having one fight and then having to have two or three months where you agree the next fight and then the next fight happening and then likely you would then fight the next fight like it's, it's, it's all political so that's the belt we're looking at um if not we're looking at an eliminator for the british title um there's been fights that have been put offered to us that we've agreed to but um other parties haven't um so looking at climbing up the top 10 and just seeing what fights are available because like i said a lot of people say they want to fight but when it really comes down to it if they don't sign or agree to fight you just can't fight so there's a lot of good boxers that get can i say like sort of kind of they get a they get pushed to the side because of their talent 
Yeah. Because mm. our day industry are, and obviously boxing's a business. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. No one's trying to take risks. Exactly. So that's why ranking, it's so important. What ranking is the is the guy who holds the English title in the UK? I think he. You see, the ranking subjective because I know there's a few rankings. Um, the boxing okay. news ranking. I think he's nine. That one has me thirteen. Box rec, I think, had me at eight and had him at eleven or something like that. So it's subjective. There's a there's a lot of different organising bodies who have their own rankings. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but um so that's to be the national progression, like English title or potentially a British eliminator. But to get make some of these fights now um, can be difficult. But let's say COVID nineteen might help that because they can't fly in international opponents, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. Some English boxers are gonna have to face each other, and right now promoters are don't want to lose money so they're not prepared to put up fights that are not 50-50 if that makes sense yeah it might force the initiative for certain fights to happen so so yeah that's the plan hopefully the plan to pick up a belt by the end of this year man I was mandatory yeah. for an area belt since August last year and that still hadn't materialised the guy dropped the belt I don't want to mention his name, but he knows he is, isn't it? He's, he's <laughs> Talk your shit, nah, Derek. I hate Derek. <laughs> I, I'm loving it, bro. No, I don't. I, I don't. I don't. Like, I you always get. That. You always get the questions. Are like, oh, who do you want to fight? I don't dream about fighting anyone. Like, I like belts, innit? I love belts. Yeah. I want to fight for belts. So if I, I like say, that, man. I like if that. I say I want to fight for the English title. And you have the English title ring. I won't know who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't know who you are. What's it called, Derek? Um. As a sportsman myself, like I'm always yeah. interested in like just developing any dynamic in it. Um, yeah, I believe yeah, yeah. that you can kind of like cross train yourself. So yeah, of course. I like the whole boxing regime, and I feel like it can be positive as a footballer as well. Um, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. What What would you say? Like, how would you describe the the training a boxer has to endure? You know, what it is I remember. I remember when I realized boxing wasn't for me. I used to go to Brixton Rec with my young. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I know younger, that one. Yeah. Because mum used to work there, innit? So yeah, summer yeah. holidays, I'll go down there. They got bare stuff. They got like a football like place and table. Yeah, they yeah. just got bare stuff in it. There's like one little gym that we used to go to, innit? And they're like a punching bag. And I remember one time I was just trying to just try a little thing. I banged the bag and my wrist felt like it snapped in half. <laughs> and I, from there, I knew that, you know what? I have weak wrists. This boxing thing ain't for me, innit? But then I think one of the guys at work is like, it's not even about your wrists, it's about your technique, innit? But even then, bruv, the pain was too much, innit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the question is, like, what? how would you characterise your, your training regime? Like, what is it, like, what are the main things you have to focus on? Is it upper body, lower body? Um, what kind of stuff oh, do, you, do you do? You see what? First thing I will say, yeah, is boxing is a lot mental than physical, you know? Mm. Mm. I've seen some boxers that are in incredible shape, like, fit, strong, Talented, they get in the ring. If this, you're mentally, if you're not switched on, then all of that becomes useless. AJ Ruiz, AJ Ruiz. You get onto that one, did it? Um, so, like, my coach, a lot of what he does, right, is he puts us through certain training exercises that not just to build you up physically, but it's to build you mentally. Like, yeah. um, mm. we, we've we've sparred rounds where there isn't a clock. You spar until mm. someone stops. Like basically, Max. someone has to say they don't want. Someone has to say that. Like we call it no mass, which is no more in Spanish, isn't it? Someone basically yeah. has to say that to stop. That's a blackout right there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like mm. we've done like bleak tests, like running, as in like so. A lot of this stuff is geared towards mental. Because my boxer coach will always tell you it's a lot more mental than physical. That's that aspect. Yeah. I'd say that's the most important aspect. Um, if you're talking physically. Um, boy, running. They say as a boxer, 
you're you're like a mini Mo Farah in it. You have to love running because mm. it makes up the majority of the, of your chain, and especially when you're making serious these ways to drop weight. You have to yeah. focus a lot on strength work, technique. You kind of basically have to you have to do everything and play to your strengths. Like and I know you're talking about your experience with boxing, but I respect all sports because I can go and run ten miles or spar twelve rounds, yeah, but. It's been years since I've played football consistently. If you put me on a pitch, I can run around, but my legs are going to ache after 30 minutes, though. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah, all, yeah, it's all muscle memory, do you know what I mean? I could spar 12 rounds, but 100. if I swim three, four laps, I'll be tired, isn't it? So I think it's sure. like, in terms of, you know, physically as a boxer, you have to sort of kind of work on so many different areas of training. Um, but also, I think you have to train your body to be used to your sport. Do you know what I mean? I remember yeah. when I first started boxing, you know, like one of the first things you have to get over is not being scared to get hit. My yeah. body's conditioned and my mind's conditioned so much to the point of like you can throw hands in front of me and I won't flinch because yeah. I can't flinch every time someone wants to throw a punch at me in the boxing range. You get what I mean? So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, definitely. I think it's not only conditioning your body but conditioning your mind as well. Do you know what I mean? I think so, you make mm. a key point as well because yeah. like I think it's. Um, if you look at the last dance again, because I think it's obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. more prevalent in our minds. You look yeah, yeah, at Michael yeah. Jordan and the way he tried to go from basketball to baseball, to baseball and it was such exactly. a difficult transition for him. So I think as fit as you are, changing sports is always going to be hard. No yeah, matter how yeah. good you were in one sport, it's going to be different, isn't it? So conditioning your body to, you could yeah, be yeah. running bears in boxes, but boxing, but then when you're asked to run with your boys in, in football, for example, you it's, might struggle with exactly, that. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then the biggest thing with training as well is kind of like, um, you know, uh, when it comes to, to training, you have to understand why you're doing something, innit? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of people train, like boxing, for instance. Boxing's a sport where a lot of people do stuff because it looks good or because that's what boxers have been doing for a long time but if you ask them why did yeah. you do that they can't even tell you do you get what I mean yeah. that's, 100%. that's one element and I feel like it's so important to obviously incorporate other things as well like in our gym like we, we go play football we play basketball but we play basketball with a twist like every time someone scores you have to do an exercise or forfeit sprints push-ups like so yeah. we're working on fitness and we're making sure we're working on different areas of our body because in a fight you never know what to expect yeah, so you always got to be prepared for 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 everything as well. And it's so funny that you touched on the last darts documentary, but like I remember there was a part where he said that you know when Jordan made his comeback, his body wasn't conditioned for basketball anymore. It took yeah, yeah. off season for him to sort of kind of get his body back into basketball shape. Do you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think with boxing and the area of sport, it's just tailored towards what goals you're trying to achieve, isn't it? So yeah, 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 for sure. Could be everything, man. Like I said, I've done some very interesting training sessions, and I've done some very, very like mad training sessions at the same time. So it varies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, what? 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 Um, you were talking about people have their different whys. Like, what is what is your why? Like, what keeps you going? Um, different people have different mm. ways of that to keep. Like me, for example, I'm not a. It sounds weird, but I'm not externally motivated so for example like i can't listen to um a motivational video and want to get up and go and do yeah i think i mentioned mentioned that on another podcast didn't it yeah 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 i'm and and it's weird because the things that do externally motivate me really motivate me in it but it's not it's not something i should like for example Mm -hmm. um 
you guys know about Stephen A. Smith, like he's someone that externally motivates me because yeah. when he said that um he's an embodiment of the American dream and I believe that. Not LeBron James, not some some of these other big people, but yeah. uh, a regular person like him being able to achieve what he does, that that motivates me. It doesn't really happen often. So for you, even with what keeps mouth. you going? Huh? Even with his big mouth, he motivates you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Trust you for saying that. Thank you for saying uh, that. But now for you, what, what, nah, what keeps he... you going day in, day out, man? Uh, now nah, for me, man, I don't want to sound cliche, but my faith in God, man, honestly, because mm. boxing is a ridiculously hard sport, man. And I can't tell you, it's yeah. my faith that's got me through some of the hardest of challenges, like injuries, even mm. factors that happen in boxing out of your control, like when fights get cancelled and stuff like that, and dealt with so many setbacks. So without my, my faith is my driving force because I, without God I wouldn't be boxing, man. And that and that, yeah. man, that's the truth. That's the truth. So hundred um, percent. I'd say that's my yeah. that's my driving force. But one thing even through that God has taught me is that you know, it, like I said, it takes a village to raise a child. There's a saying in it, and mm, though yeah. boxing is an individual sport, it's a very much a team sport behind the sport if that makes sense like yeah, I've got yeah, a strength yeah. coach I've got my coach who does pads I, I train with my guys like I notice my run times are different when I'm running on my own in comparison to when I'm running with other people and that's how we are do you know what I'm saying mm, so yeah. Um, yeah man like uh, definitely my faith in God but also through that God showing me that yeah it takes it takes more you're in the individual sport but there's people that are placed around you to get the best yeah. out of you so yeah, yeah. I'd say my driving force that's yeah, that, facts, man. man. I think the the point you made about um, it takes a village to raise a child yeah, is man. key, man. That's the truth. In my case specifically, man. But um, yeah, heard, man. That was I, a terrific I, I heard, I heard, I heard a quote that will kind of take us into the next segment. I want to ask whether you guys agree. Um, I'm gonna paraphrase, but the quote, the quote was, um, "A village who doesn't raise a child, the child will burn down that village to feed his warmth." Mm. Some we'll some bla- some some <laughs> African parable Black Panther attack. <laughs> we'll get into but, that um, in the next segment. Yeah, bro. Still. See, the next segment is is gonna be um on the 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 recent issue that's been going on. And, uh, yeah, yeah, man. We'll see where everyone stands on that. Yeah, right, cool. So I've actually willed up the actual quote that I saw, yeah. Um, it was, the child who is not embraced by the village will burn it down to fill its warmth. So, when I first um, saw it, it just reminded me of the whole Black Panther thing, um, where Michael B. Jordan was the the fake panther, trying to tear down Wakanda. Um, and yeah, I think he, like his reasoning for doing it was because it was, it was something like how... Um, his father was fighting for Wakanda, but they didn't have the same end goal kind of thing. And so for that reason, he was moved over to America. That's why he lived in the Bronx or whatever. And his father ended up dying. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't think I, I, I agree with it because it sounds very poetic. But at the same time, I feel like people who aren't embraced by those who love them kind of go on to other different things i don't feel like it's a search for vengeance in every single case but like like you said darren's like you have to look at it by, by a case by case basis in it that that is true but then the the difference is the case at hand now is that it depends on whether 
someone would see America or the UK as their village. It depends on how mm. you see it. Do you get what I mean? Um, if you if you see this place as home for you and you feel like at home you're not wanted, then fair enough in it. But at the same time, there's many black people who think that fam, this like if I had a choice, I wouldn't want to be here, bro. But yeah. you lot have messed up the situation when you back home, so this is where I am. Do you get what I'm saying? So but, it, it, it depends again, how you see is it. The, is, is the quote open-ended like that? So is it like home is where you live or home is where you consider it, home? It said, it said the village. I'm assuming, do you know what I mean? So is I don't know, and it doesn't go. It doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't go into detail. It depends how you interpret I think it's it. It's open-ended. Yeah, yeah I exactly. Think I think yeah, definitely open-ended. Because then yeah. again, it's kind of like everyone's definition of what it takes for them to feel embraced by their village will be different. Mm-hmm. You get what I mean? Mm. So, yeah. But I do feel like that um, quote is a representation of what's happening right now in America, man. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Thousand percent. Yeah, man. Um, Moving on, obviously we've all seen the um, the video, of the tragic death of George Floyd. <clears throat> obviously, it was a disturbing, disturbing incident. Oh, oh, murder! It's, it's literally a murder. Yeah. But um, obviously, it sparked up a lot of um, reaction from the black community in America and this country, all over the world. And um, we know racism is obviously prevalent in sports. So, uh, Derek, you wanted to get um, your stance of racism in boxing and obviously racism in sports in general and just anything that you've been witness to or experienced as far as racism in sports and obviously your sport of boxing. Oof, what a question, isn't it? Um, I think, first of all, of course, like, uh, being aware of what's been going on, it's been been an interesting period. I'd be lying if I said I didn't. I've probably gone through various different emotions in the season, feeling mm. angry, like that type of anger when you want to go outside and do something. Type of anger, if I'm being real, yeah. feeling hurt, feeling exhausted, just fed up. Do you know what I mean? And Literally. yeah, like um, first of all, I'm not. I'm not surprised at the backlash or the responses that have happened since then. Um, also, talking about racism in sport, ugh, wait. Racism exists in everything, and unfortunately, also that means sport as well. And in terms, of, I start off with my sport. <laughs> There's an old saying that you know, boxing's a white man's game. It's, do you know mm. what I'm saying? There's an old saying, and um, you know, I've not, I've dealt with racism um, in boxing. Um, it's so funny. Do you have any? Do you have stories? Yeah, it's funny. Like, I was about to say. There's a story that comes yeah. to mind. So, so um, I remember when I first heard Tiny Tempest track. Yeah. Pass out. He said a bar. He said, oh, I've been to Southampton, but I've never been, been to Scunford. Mm, mm. mm. I never deep that bar until my second amateur fight. It was probably February 2013. So um, it was a Scunford, it? So um, obviously I was at uni in Nottingham. My club's in Nottingham. So Scunford is even like the East Midlands, all one region, innit? So went there now, and I remember getting there. Yeah. <laughs> if I give you an analogy, imagine like a, a cup of milk, yeah? And you get a bit of colour in it, you just drop it inside. That's what it felt like. <laughs> That's what it felt like. You got in there, yeah. <laughs> Not like in the films when they, to add dramatic effect, when you walk into a building, like everything stops. Mm, yeah, That's what yeah. it felt like. So obviously we walked into the like the main bit, obviously the change room where all the boxers are. Amateur boxing, like you're in the same change room, coaches everywhere. We look around and we looked around and it was like raw, like we were the only people that weren't white there. So obviously at first I like, didn't think nothing of it. So um so my coach at the time was Asian, 
um, it was me and another fighter, his son, who's Asian, were boxing that day. And um, basically, so I speak about my experience first. Um, so obviously I thought, now when you go to boxing shows, yeah, obviously you hear like the, 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 the people chant, they're like, oh yeah, hit him, beat him up. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's one element. When you start hearing like, boy, I don't even know if I can say it on the podcast. When you start hearing yeah. like, skin the bloody, skin the C-U-N-T, like kill the mm-hmm. something, yeah, B-A-S-T, yeah. kill the black bastard, like, you know what I'm saying the, so, boy, by the time I got in there, yeah, from when they even read my name out, you could just see people's reactions. You just knew yeah. it was a hostile reception. Yeah. And, um, so, yeah, like, I won the fight. Like, obviously, I beat him senseless. But even at that, like, I remember when the numbers <laughs> were down, I beat him senseless. Like, and the funny thing is, like, at that time, it was my second amateur fight. Like, it was, like, if I look back at that fight, technically, I'd laugh at myself. Um, mm. Because like a lot of the stuff I did was just unorthodox, it was ungangly. But at the time, I felt like knowing the pressure that was on me and hearing the crowd and stuff and the reaction that we was getting, mm. I don't know. I feel like it invoked the anger with me. Yeah, yeah, you had to deal with him, man. Myself, I'm gonna make you pay for everything that's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. like when they read, even it should have been a unanimous. It was a majority. Um, when they read it out, like. I've never grabbed a trophy and ducked out the ring so quickly in my life. <laughs> because people were just upset. So that's one element. So another element, my boy, he was boxing later on. And basically, he had a group of guys come up to him. So this is, imagine, this is what they say to him. Like, okay, we're not racist, right? But you see them guys over there? They're racist. And if you win tonight, they're basically like, something's going to happen to you. Like, that was yeah. just a messenger. They came up to my boy and said that now, to what extent, where their claims would they have been good on their claims that if my boy had won that they would have done something to him but obviously mentally that got into his head mm. when he was in the ring think of it there's like maybe three or four people who are not white in there shouting drowned out by 300 white people mm, shouting, yeah killed it like dare I even say it they were shouting oh the packy this and that it was, it yeah. was mad like I remember after that like uh, our coach took us out when we got into the car he was driving back he said he's never bringing us to ever box in Scunthorpe again and still to this day never been back to Scunthorpe to box to this day to this this day do you know what I mean so I remember that was my first you know open experience of blatant racism but I think the worst one in boxing is the subtle the subtle yeah. ones, you know what I mean? The subtle it's, ones, the worst. the subtle ones. Mm. And that's you what I wanted saying? to even get onto. Yeah, not only in boxing, just in society. Yeah. I know you will probably mention it, yeah, but like, for example, this yeah, is yeah. my thing about it now. Like, when you're in the moment, sometimes you do not realise it's when you're reflecting and it's when you have time yeah, to yeah, yeah, think yeah, about it. Like, perfect example, I think, personally, is Ultimate Boxer, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. people who don't know... You won Ultimate Boxer, obviously a very, very important tournament for an up-and-coming yeah, boxer yeah. to win as well. Fam, it's when they're, it's when they're commenting on your style, yeah, yeah, criticising yeah. your style, 100%. saying things like, uh, um, you had no reason to be an underdog, in my opinion. You yeah, didn't have yeah, the yeah, worst yeah, record. Yeah, yeah. You actually didn't have the worst record, so no yeah, reason yeah, to yeah, be yeah. considered one of the guys. And like, lo and behold, obviously these guys treat you the way it is. So how, how do you deal with that, like... What's it? Covert racism. That's the, the word? Col- yeah. yeah. I see, covert. I see with the covert racism, yeah, you just have to let your... your, your, your you kind of have to let your boxing speak for itself. Like, the covert racism is probably just as bad. Like, I remember mm. we went up to a training camp in Future Ventura, yeah, um, at Kell Brooks Gym. 
and then there was a guy there and basically this is like the subtle racism he was like oh like all you lads obviously black lads like all you lads you're quite you're quite skillful like you like (laughs) good good technically because you know there's the biggest notion that all africans or black people in sport all we are is power in it power brute force like even to the point of where like one day i asked my coach i said like when people say oh you're a beast mate i'm like ah I'm more than a beast, you know. I got skills too. Like, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I remember, like, um, he was saying it. So, like, he was like, "Oh yeah, like you guys, you're like you're all you're all skillful. Like it's a like, wow, it's, right, it's really amazing. Almost like he was fascinated that oh, like these black lads, yeah, they don't they're not just strong. Like they can bro, move as well. Like, they can box. They got technique. Do you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even the connotations with like um like uh even in boxing, no one wants to fight black people, especially Africans. And obviously, oh. there's been a lot of there's been a lot of cases where you know they bring in Africans are uh, unknown to lose on a big show. They come in there and they spark man up. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. So like oh, like the covert racism is probably worse or just as bad. Like obviously, I hear stuff that I said. You know, like even amateurs is worse because. Um, you go into like the changing rooms and stuff, you see the official doctors before and it's almost like you're like a gladiator. Mm. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's almost like you're a modern day gladiator in, in, in that sense. And I think how do you deal with it is you kind of just have to let your boxing speak for you. Do you know what I mean? And I've gone to shows where I know that if I'm not knocking this guy out, I'm not getting a decision here. And I know mm. that. Do you know what I'm saying? I know you're getting a decision because you see the judges before the fight and it's kind of like, boy, even when they're looking at you like, 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 like you're some bacteria, like why are you even here type of thing? Do you know what I'm mm, saying? Yeah. So, yeah, man, I think the way, the only way you can deal with it is of course let your 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 talent speak for itself but also when times come up like this i feel like we have a duty to use our platforms to be vocal as well definitely yeah and to speak out because like uh, i think uk the uk feel like they're on some they've, they're on a high horse where they feel like well you know your bases are not as bad here mm. so we, we don't have anything to complain about but yeah Nonsense. fair enough there might not be as many killings um it's the covert racism but it's the covert racism it's the racism of you know if I walk into a shop someone's going to follow me around for 10 minutes you know scared Mm. to say they want to use tunes they Mm. still follow me around like I ain't got £2 to pay for my juice do you know what I'm saying look at him big man like him the covert racism is that oh like uh, if I'm standing in the lift and there's another lady in there who's of a certain creed or colour for the sake of podcast. yeah exactly do you know what I mean or and this know, is... that whole, if you don't speak proper English you're aggressive innit do you know what I mean yeah no, but this is what I'm saying this is what I'm saying before the yeah. before the mandem come in with, with their takes on it mm. when you look at it like this yeah this is how I try to explain and break it down to people like racism isn't something that when you're born it's, it's a part of you like you, it's taught. you grow up with it it's taught it's, 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 it's a I call it a mindset. It's how you. Yeah, it's how yeah. you think. It's 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 like everything about you. Your morals, your values, what you, what you breathe, what you sleep, what you eat. Mm. It's what you think on a day to day basis. Like when you Literally. learn something, because you already have racism in you, you apply your racism first, and then exactly. you take yeah, on 100%. every other information. Yeah, yeah, you get what I'm saying? And that's and that's how it is in in the world of sport as well. We have these institutions who, it's just filled with racist people. Bro, embedded in them. Fam, and do you know what is? It's even mad, bruv. Like, even how you're talking about it within, within the sports in- institutions, it's like, bruv, like, from when I've been playing football, yeah, mm. me and my boys have had this discussion over and over again, yeah, it's mad because if you look at a, an average, like, football team, Saturday or, or Sunday league football team, yeah, mm. what you'll find is, 
the black players are the players who play on the wing or up front. Yeah. He's a or quick maybe lad, in defence. Bro, like, fam, Daniel, I think we even had a discussion in uni, yeah, yeah about yeah, how yeah. many black cams we can think of in world football, fam. There's none. There's none, if barely any, in it. And the reason is because there's it's none, like yeah. we're, we're perceived to be these physical specimens. Athletic, the yeah, amount that's of times, fam, Derek, you well, said it yourself. Like we've got bro. vibranium. We've got vibranium bro, in our blood. Derek, <laughs> you said it yourself, fam, that like, they'll call us beasts, fam. The amount of times oh, that I've been referred to as a beast. Like, he's an tri- animal. He's an animal. Yeah. Trigger my feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Trigger my feelings, cuz. Daniel, you might even feedings. remember this conversation we had as well. When we're talking about um the way Yaya Toure was perceived in English football versus yeah, the way yeah, yeah, Kevin yeah. De Bruyne is perceived. You'll see it as mm-hmm. oh um, Yaya Toure can grab the ball from his own half and run for everyone, push everyone away. And he's a powerhouse. He's one and of the powerhouse. That's exactly. But and it's perfect. You said that. It's perfect. You said that. And I know Darren's going to touch on this because this is what he wants to speak about. Look at how the perception of Yaya Toure as opposed to Kevin De Bruyne. Mm. When we finally have a black player who can now do that in Paul Pogba, who's skillful, mm. who should be praised as one of these yeah, talented, exactly. skillful, best players on the planet. Ballers, they decide to change the narrative now to how he acts off the pitch. His, his personality, his yeah. hair colour, his personality. But he's you, not know, exactly. you know what's so funny about Yaya Toure? I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's one of the most gifted te- 100%. players technically. He's 100%. 100%. Technically, he's 100%. I feel like that's the only thing they wanted to talk about. Like, like even, bruv, when you were talking just now, bro, it, like, it struck a chord because obviously, I don't know, but I used to be a football coach, innit? I used mm. to scout for Millwall. I was an academy mm. scout, innit? And I remember there was one lad we scout, scouted, he was like 15 at the time. And I was playing, I was telling him, but yeah, I want you to have a look at this player. I was like, oh yeah, where is he? Striker. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, white lad, black lad, oh, black lad. Oh yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's quite a tall striker, six three. Ah, oh, six three, massive mm. lad, isn't he? He's strong, innit? Yeah, we like him. So let's have a look at him. And it was just kind of like <laughs> his fascination with. He's how old? Six what? Yeah. Wait, what? Do you remember his name? I can't remember his name. I remember his first name. His name was David. He played for Dagenham Redbridge. Okay. He had a. We brought him in for a trial at Millwall. Okay. He couldn't because he lived in Essex. He couldn't get down to. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Guarantee the description of the player was: Ah, uh, he's a five foot nine midfielder, technically gifted. What not interested. He's black. Not interested. Not interested. Not sure. All the teams that I saw, like black players, you were just fast. You were wingers. You were fullbacks. And if you were tall, you played centre, either centre yeah. back, centre exactly. mid, or up front. Yeah. Your job up front, you are not to score goals. You're not creative. You're, the, you're the target man. You win <laughs> Ta- headers. Target man. Wrap them up. Target them up. Win headers. And, and fam, do, do, you know, do you want the mad thing is, yeah? Like yeah. when you uh, when you understand football and, and the English sense of football, yeah. you kind of hear it in it. But my issue with that is, I knew so many black players, yeah, growing up, yeah, who were so technically gifted, but didn't have the physical dominance that me and some of my other boys had. And yeah, due yeah, to that, yeah. yeah, they couldn't like fam, like the um, non-league football. You have to be a physical presence non-league football bro, to, to, mm-hmm. to to get anywhere in it. So if you're like a a skinny black centre mid, you might be as talented as any other footballer there. Yeah. But because you're not perceived as this imposing threat, you won't get the chance, physical, bro. Yeah. Really and truly, man. But no, literally. And then fam, and that's it's sad, the key man. Opportunity. Hundred yeah. percent. It's so funny you said that. Yeah. It's so funny you said that. Like. Because in the sport of boxing, right? Let's put it like this. Why why you say it's a white man's game, yeah? Is if when you're black as a boxer, if you're good, 
and you can make someone money, they'll push you to the heavens, cuz. Mm, yeah, literally. Do you know what I mean? If you're decent, like, as a white guy, all you need is to have a funny personality and a big social media following, and you'll be on the top deals on Sky Sports. Mm, I can name some yeah, boxers, literally. like even my friends. David Allen makes money because he acts like an idiot, basically. That's his whole persona. Like, he loses sports. fights, you know? And he loses, loses fights. And he loses fights. Thank you very much. Do you know what I mean? oh, I've seen a lot of white guys that are not good. But because mm. they're, you know, Jack the Ladder away or create a bit of noise, like, do you know what I mean? Like, they're praised for it. If any of us try to come out like that, Mayweather, look at Mayweather, for instance. Mayweather's, the money, the money, money Mayweather is a persona. He put mm. it himself. But look at him. He is sort of kind of, he's, he's slightly for it. But isn't that yeah, the persona that Conor McGregor... Perception. Exactly. But Conor McGregor copied that's the, the same name thing. I was just about to mention. Mm. So, yeah, that's how it thing. is. Like, obviously, Anthony Joshua... I kept saying it before he lost. I said, "Boy, if this guy loses, yeah, they'll spit him out like chewing gum." Bam. Like I said, when that's you're good, that's what the media love. They build you, you up can... to tear you down. Exactly. Mm. They push you to the heavens. Yeah, like my boy Joshua Barazzi. I went college with him. He won a bronze medal for GB. Like I've trained at GB. I trained at England. Yeah. And when you go there, like you almost. Put... <sighs> when I went there, let me talk about my experience. When I trained with England, yeah, I remember calling my coach after the first camp I went to, and I said, "Boy, they're trying to turn me into a robot." you get what I mean they want me to yeah. box they have this standard style that you box and I felt like and my boy who was on GB said the same thing they don't allow you to incorporate your own style do you get what I mean not to be yourself exactly and they want you they don't want you to be a fluid technical boxer some of them want you to be this sheer brute force who, who's just strong you know do you get what I mean mm. so mm. it's so funny the positions in boxing man like but definitely the racism and the, the discrimination it, 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 it Bruv, exists it's, it's crazy I mean? fam and even when we're talking about the the propaganda <laughs> bro like is me me personally yeah I feel like I've always been someone that um, I even said this to, to, to Daniel the other day I feel like I'll be the one that I like to work behind the scenes innit um, mm-hmm. I don't really like to talk so much about this and then that and we have to do this and empower yeah, this yeah, yeah. I feel like it's effective but I just feel like in this social media age, it, there's there, there's more effective things to do in it than that in it. Um, yeah. But bro, I give so much credit to the likes of Raheem Sterling, for example, man, because fam, what the media put this guy through here is ridiculous, fam. Like it's absolutely ridiculous, ridiculous bro. Ridiculous. And fam, and the sad thing is, bro, they'll try and they'll try and deny it and say. Um, Guys like um, Bex and Rooney got the same treatment. No, it wasn't the they same. They tried to, to cover the issue and say it's nothing to do with race. When that compounds the issue. Mm. That literally compounds the issue. Mm. If a and fam, player, I, I, I remember... a black player, just before you go, if a black player, let me tell you now, if a black player had the come up of Rooney, yeah, he, they wouldn't have had the career Rooney had. That's facts. No, because not. Rooney, yeah, the thing about Rooney, no, Rooney was able to ease his way into that mature kind of character. Rooney, yeah, on the come up here, yeah, was one angry with so much. Wayward. But he was allowed to mature. And fam, fair mm. enough, he had one of the best managers in the world to mature under. But at the same time, black players aren't given that opportunity to actually just express themselves, to be themselves, to be yeah, at a club yeah. to, and, and mature without the me- yeah. without media scrutiny and without media pressure. Even mm. off the pitch, um, uh, a white like a white player was it Phil Foden? Oh, buys when, he, when, he, when he when he when he bought, I'm literally about to say that. Literally about to say. Oh, that. Raheem Sterling 
they're getting on to man for going Poundland. No, 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 it's the parallels. No, no, it wasn't that. It wasn't that. There was another. There was another teammate. Yeah, also bought my house. Also bought my house. And then they exactly. were like, oh, oh, um, Manchester, Manchester City, Scarlett, waste his money. On a, and he has a but, but buys a two, uh, but he buys a house for his mum. But, but then Phil Foden is... <laughs> but then, Bro, then, but then you get onto, was it right? What player was, was sitting in, a, in the economy section on a flight? I think it was Raheem Sterling, isn't it? Because they always Sterling. get onto him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They'll get onto them for splashing money, but they'll get onto them for saving. Like, it just makes no sense. Like, they can't media, do no right, man. Like the media portrays it. They can't. Damn <laughs> if you do, damned if you don't, innit? Do Raheem, I mean? Raheem so, Sterling gets a gun tattoo. He's he's advocating for, for guns. He's advocating gun for, crime. For gun man. violence. Like, what? Stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, fam, it's, it's crazy, brother. And do you know what is? Yeah, I feel like w- one of the things that I've learned um, during this time is the fact that, fam, white people have to do their part, bro. Is like, they fam, to, fam. I've, I've li- literally enough with the times of us black people have to educate white people as to why they must exactly. do it. Fam, all the information is out there, bro. Like, fam, it's not, it's not, it's not our duty to unwind what you have built up, fam. Mm. It's actually not, fam. Do literally. you know what I'm saying? So I feel like. The difference with this time is the fact that, fam, we, we have to call them to account white and, and racist out. institutions to, to, to step up and do their part, what, man. Because, bro, like, fam, is enough of us doing our part, bro. Like, they have to do their part, man. That's the Darren, what were you going to say about Thanks. Drew Brees, fam, and the Laura Ingram situation, fam? It's literally... Yeah. Yeah. I was literally just about to mention the Laura Ingram situation, man. It's crazy that, that um, she actually said the quote on LeBron a couple years ago. But it's mad that it's so um, impactful today. The the contrast was obviously you can check our social media see it's there. But um, she basically said to LeBron and KD when they were speaking on uh, their opinions about Trump, they said she said LeBron and KD should shut up and dribble, which is the the often the advice that these people in the media give to black people when they're obviously giving their two yeah. cents. They try and dismiss it, say that your opinion's not valued, yeah. you know. Uh, he gets played hundreds of millions of pounds to dribble a basketball. So <sighs> don't take his advice. Yeah, that 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 was her stance. Whereas when Drew Brees came out and said that, um, said nonsense. By the people way. when they're kneeling um, during the national anthem are being disrespectful to the flag. Drew Brees is allowed. Man to said have they're that hiding opinion. behind the flag, you know, like. Bro, but how's that even? That, how you know the, the the conversation we need to have? Yeah, the fact that the fact that they they like to change the narrative exactly. Because they do that in every single To instance. suit their specific agenda. agenda. And my thing 100%. about the media is that what you need to understand with the media is it's an institution where they are trained to uh, portray a certain story. So they're trained yeah, in this yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fam, yeah. I'm tired of this idea of black people being hired to fill quotas. What the hell is the Rooney rule? The Rooney rule yeah, is nonsense. It's, it's absolute nonsense. What? I should in, interview one black man. That's 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 actually BS. Do you know how many black men yeah, in football yeah, that have just as much knowledge? Like the black man, the come up for him is going to be 10 times worse. If he does not get a non-league team that he can get to the Premier League, there's no way a black man's sniffing that Premier League job. Like, do you get what I'm saying? No way. Don't get me started on that one. <laughs> but you know, it's funny you even say that, yeah, like... Um, the media love a story. Like, obviously, like, um, 
I've 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 been blessed enough to do like a lot of work with the BBC, ICU, all this stuff, and yeah. I grew up in Peckham, in it. They wanna push the narrative of oh, so um, you grew up in Peckham, like um, was you involved in any gangs? Um, <laughs> yeah. Do you know any gang members? Yeah. What was it like growing up in Peckham? It was like uh, have you seen anyone get stabbed or or shot or do you know what I mean? And it's just like bro, they 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 wanna push the narrative that I grew up in. Obviously, I grew up in Peckham. I know what happened in Peckham, but they wanna push a narrative of. Oh, harsh like harsh conditions. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Trust me, even in that in itself is racism that the perception of already that are because um, so and so comes from that area, do you know what I mean? This mm, is his story, no, do you know what I mean? Literally. So yeah, it's it's so cool what you said. Bro, like fam. Yes, finish finish it, sorry, bro. No, sorry, I was even gonna say football's worse, like because it's funny, like before I stopped coaching, there was actually a scheme that was brought out. Mm. The FA coach BAME scheme, yeah. So basically, <laughs> well, basically they, yeah, they identified that basically they don't have enough um, black minority ethnic coaches who have a UEFA B badge. You know, obviously, now you have your level one, level two. Yeah. Yeah. So the idea was that you basically got a course. You got UEFA B can cost up to like a grand, grand and a half. Yeah. So you were able to cool. do the course for like fifty pound, and then you got like a work experience at a pro club, working at academy level. Mm. And I remember, like, I remember I applied for it. Yeah, obviously I got the best. I never used it, unfortunately. But I remember speaking to a lot of my other black friends, and they were kind of like, "Well, people would argue that black people won't get a foot in the door if that scheme is not in place because of how racism the system, how racist the system is." Yeah. Mm. But then people argue that I don't want to be part of the BAME scheme. I want to be fair. I want to work my way up fair and square. Like, what's your views on that? In that sense, because obviously you brought up the whole. Like filling quota, do you get what I mean? I think it's something. Yeah, it's something yeah, yeah. we'll definitely it will filter into the next segment. But um, yeah, Josh, yeah, Josh, what, what do you, you do? You have an opinion on that? Um, what on, on what on what Derek said? Yeah, on what Derek said. Um, What's your opinion about quotas. Um, um, do you know what it is like it's it's a hard one, man. It really is. I feel like I I I literally don't know, man. Because do you know what it is? I feel like I understand both perspectives, isn't it? On one mm. side, it's like the system is up so we don't have a chance. So the quote at least gives us some sort of an opportunity. But on the other side, it's like, yeah. we shouldn't, there shouldn't be, like, yeah. it shouldn't be this hard for us to, like, get this position get anyway. Ready, bro, like, place, yeah. And that's if the you're key qualified, point. you're that's qualified. It's like, fam, we shouldn't have to have sympathy points and brownie points, fam, well, to get to these, to, all the, yeah, to fam, these same places, bro. Like, fam, if you're qualified, you're qualified, fam. And don't get it twisted. I think people... Don't get it twisted. We're not trying to say um, we should be given privilege. Like, what I want yeah, to see yeah, is if they see two... If you see two um, CVs, for example, and they're the same, yeah. literally the same, and then you just make your decision based on maybe Hunt, or if someone knows someone, I guess due to their ability to create relationships, it's, it's giving them a foot in the door, giving them an added edge. Yeah, yeah, However, yeah, 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 too yeah, yeah. often we see the same CVs, the same records, the same credibility, and it's literally based off of one's white and one's black. And the guy who's white even gets multiple offers and the guy who's black can't even get one. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. And the reason why, the reason why is people that are in positions of power try and hire people that are like them or give opportunities to people that are similar to them. Mm-hmm. And that that's that's where um, people in higher positions need to be more proactive as far as ownership and in these organisations that we're talking yeah. about. We need black representation 100%. so that they are um, bringing on the younger generation with them. Do you get what I'm yeah. saying? Mm. 100. I think, I think we have like a minute left of the segment. But Brian, I think one of the most saddest things about racism in this country is the fact that 
when you are denied an opportunity, you're left thinking that is because of you. Like, I wasn't good enough, or yeah. I didn't have the qualifications, or yeah. I didn't meet the standard, fam. And yeah. bruv, it's it's sad because in reality, that isn't the reason, bro. At least, like, I feel like in Literally. not not at least that's that's the wrong term, but in America, you you, you know that they're racist, isn't it? So that's kind of the reason for it. But yeah. I feel like here is like we're less thinking that you know what you know what it is we have to go ten times harder, man. Yeah. See what I'm saying? No. That that's the sad reality of it for me in, in, in this country, man. So. I don't think Colbert is any better than Over. Um, yeah. I think they're both damaging. Um, Colbert more so is, is bad because I think that it, you don't have a reason for it. You always think it's your fault. Yeah. Do you get yeah. what I'm saying? At least Over, you know that is it's them, it's the system. But Colbert is like, it's always us. Like, we're the problem. Like, we're not good yeah. enough. Do you yeah. get what I'm saying? But yeah, yeah, man, it's sad, man. Yeah, it's mad. It's only basically if you benefit them. Like all these yeah, black literally. stars that we see and stuff, people in position, all these athletes and stuff. Like, if you're a benefit to them, like if yeah. you're if you're a black player and you're good, you'll get a scholarship. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? but yeah, if you're an okay player and you're white, but who knows? Yeah, yeah, but then, no, we'll talk about it in the final segment before you wrap up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%, 100%. I think even with that, yeah, like, um, growing up, yeah, I remember my dad was always telling me, oh, you know, as a black person, you have to work twice as hard. If you're going to do something, you have to make sure you're one of the best at it. you got to put, because, you know, they're always going to try and hold us back. And I get it now. I get it a lot more now because... When racism, yeah, like, um, as long as you're a benefit to someone and you make someone money, you're all right. Literally. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I'll put it like this. Like, even how the, the sporting system is in America, boy, they don't care, like, in terms of getting scholarships and stuff. Yo, they will bend the rules. They will forge your grades. If you're good enough. If it means you're that, if you're good enough. Yeah. And you're going to make someone money. Literally. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. As a white athlete, if you're decent, you could make it. Yeah. As a black athlete, you have to be phenomenal. Like, mm. you have to be amazing. Mm. Boxing-wise, you have to eliminate all your other white counterparts. Literally. To solidify yourself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, it's, 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 it's one of that aspect. And I feel like, dare I say, I still feel like as a black athlete, it's uh, connotations to, you know, the slave trade. Do you know what mm. I mean? Yeah. It's mm. kind of like, do your like a bit like what the the, the comment that the law related shut up and dribble and James are just shut up and dribble like basically shut up and do what you've been paid to do, do you yeah know I mean? continue mm. paying your tax for your, do you know what I mean so Literally. like yeah it's, it's 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 a it's a big problem and it's sad because only people who have like a who are successful who are celebrities who are athletes are who are, have big platforms are the only ones that can help speak up sometimes Thanks. and let the, their voices be really heard on our behalf. Like, if them guys with these big platforms don't speak up, then... Nothing will change. For us to be heard at the bottom, it makes and it a, a lot harder. And that is key. You know this is what I'm saying. And obviously, Josh, yeah, I'm slightly, slightly going to come to you before I ask the question that I wanted to ask to Darren and Derek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But fam, this is what I was saying to you. Like, there's no way, in my opinion, you cannot say 
Jordan could not be criticised for not having a, a stance on particular issues, fam. Especially in the issue where you can, you can. In his, I know, I know, you're gonna say you can, but I'm saying mm-hmm. in someone, mm-hmm. someone of his, of his position, Stand because up. he was so inf- yeah. influential and he's a black man that a lot of black people yeah, looked yeah, up yeah, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. fam. Especially yeah. in a time where it was ravaged with racism, like it wasn't ravaged. racism was was something that you couldn't yeah, even yeah, protest, yeah, yeah. like it wasn't. And even it was his home state. Yeah, hundred percent. like deeper like this. Think about it like this. Malcolm X. Uh, Martin Luther King, all these guys that fought for rights for us, really and truly, they didn't even fight for rights for us. They just fought for rights, for civil rights. And I always highlight that word civil. They just fought for rights so that they, uh, a white man wouldn't look at a black man and just say, yeah, I can kill this guy. Mm-hmm. Even though that still happens, mm-hmm. it doesn't happen as much as it would if we didn't have civil rights. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now we're actually mm-hmm. trying to fight for equality, actual mm-hmm. equity, in fact, mm-hmm. fairness in it. Do you get what I'm saying? Jo- and Jordan, in, in, in regards to the Jordan situation, before you give your point, I'm saying that yeah. someone of his position, someone has, of his stature, it's the same way Tiger Woods, I criticise Tiger Woods for his stance on it. Like, he's like, I don't really know much about it, so I'm not really going to say too much on it. Like, that's nonsense. Boy. I think that's mm. nonsense. That's actually BS. My, 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 my slight on Jordan would be the fact that he... Um, Jordan was of the mindset that, listen, bruv, like, I'm here to motivate people through basketball, innit? And here's to unite people through basketball, which is all and good, innit? My slight on him was the fact that he never cared to educate himself. Mm. His, his thing was, if I don't know enough about the matter, I'm not going to speak about it. And that's not just to do with politics. That's 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 the, that's the mentality Jordan had at that time, innit? With everything, innit? You have to think about it. Even though he didn't openly talk about politics, he donated to um, I forgot I forgot the politician's name, but he donated to his cause even though he didn't um, publicly defend him in it. His stance was, "Bruv, if I don't know enough about the topic, Jesse Jackson, I, I'm not the one that's gonna speak about it." Do you know what I'm saying? And fe- and I'm never gonna I'm not I'm not gonna slight him for not speaking about it. I will slight him for not learning more about it because the information is there in it. Your people are there, bro. Mm. Like your mum and your dad, like yeah. everyone's there for you to see in it. So I'm Especially not gonna get onto him when- for not speaking on it. But Tiger Woods is even worse, bro, because in this day and age, you don't know enough. What are you yeah, about, yeah, no, bro? his one is definitely worse. One what are you talking about, bro? In a sport where Come he's on, a man. trailblazer for his colour, bro. Like, literally. Like, it's, it's, bro, it's like, it doesn't make any sense. And, 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 and personally, I feel, like, I feel like Jordan has never sold out his people in a sense of fam. Like, he... He's married, he's married to a black woman, bro. That's no, black. Do you I, know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I'm like, not saying he's a sellout. He was, I'm not, he was. I, He's not a sellout. How can you say he's a sellout based on what? Based on what? No, no, no. I'm not saying he was a sellout. I'm saying he was married to a black woman. He ain't now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, okay. He's married to a white woman now. Yeah, fam, he's a white woman. Bro, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Boy. You know, you know, it's funny. It's funny you bring up the Jordan thing, yeah. Because, obviously, I, I remember watching that in the part of the last night documentary. And I was... And I was a bit vexed because then I remember thinking, actually, I've never known Michael Jordan's name to be mentioned with any sort of action or civil rights or this and that. Yeah, like, um, but for me, yeah, okay, like, at first, I tried to give him, like, an excuse, like, okay, it was in the 80s, like, you know, them times, them guys couldn't even speak up, do you know what I mean? It would have been mm-hmm. a lot worse back then. But then again, I look at guys like Ali and I'm like... Um, he hasn't really got an excuse though. No yeah, excuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. That's my point. Ali, Ali, Ali was prepared to lose his livelihood and his career and, was on and the line. Bro, he, he, he lost, he lost like three even, years of his prime, bro. Because fam, of it, man. I'm, I'm, exactly. And what's key? What's key? Yeah. What you need to yeah, remember yeah. is what I'm saying is I'm not even saying he needs to 
let yeah. his career be at risk. All I'm saying is, yeah. be clear in what you stand and call out people that you need yeah, to because yeah, he was yeah. in a fam. 100%. Stern, yeah, David Stern put this guy this guy was on a as in not even on a pedal there used to be something yeah, yeah. like jordan was the guy that everyone the king. he was basketball he was basketball yeah. bro he fam he opened doors that's exactly he opened doors that's exactly what i was gonna he could have got on away with a lot more fam that's what i'm saying he had a platform to, mm. to speak up that's what i'm, I'm yeah, all i'm yeah, saying yeah. is speak up in it speak and that, up. That's i think what I'm saying. that yeah. point that you're making there is key fam because i don't think he understood the impact that he could have had if he did make a stand. Exactly. And that's the main problem. You have Darren, to know, you know what, is? Well, I even disagree where your voice can reach. Darren, I even disagree nah, with you there. I think he knew how much power his voice had, but again, he wasn't educated enough to make a point. There's no way he can know the impact that he can have and Bro. still have that same stance, man, because he could have changed the course of history just, just by saying, you know, oh, by backing Harvey Gantt. Yeah, bro. I, 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 I do. I do. It wasn't. Go on. No, go on. Go on. Yeah, I was go gonna on. say it wasn't even that he wasn't educated on it. He was educated to come across as not being educated on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Watch AJ's. Watch AJ's interviews in terms of how he deals with these things when they come up. I love AJ, but it sounds like he's not saying nothing. He's, mm. he, he's he, he sounds gentrified. That's what, was said, now. that's what I say, Remember? bro. <laughs> Remember these athletes, yeah? They've, they've got financial advisors. Exactly. They've got managers. That's the thing. Ian Wright touched on it. Ian Wright touched on it yeah. recently. What did these people tell him? They said, yo, distance yourself from that community. I think you you did a live, Daniel. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah, um, yeah. Um, QPR player, Bright, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Bright, yeah. And he mentioned it. Even at that level, they're already telling you, yo, Basically, turn your back on on your boys, you on your people, you what you know. What you know. Basically, do you get Fam, what I mean? And this is my thing. So you have a decision. I, I refuse to believe exactly. that Jordan didn't know. And anything. this is my. F- I I believe that he was basically saying, "Look, your brother. Yeah, you've got you've got the potential to be one of the richest athletes in the world. Mm. Like, shut up in it, basically. No, Ian Wright accepted that. That's what they told him. Do you know what I mean? And I get what you said, Daniel, because. Because he was that talented and the platform that he had, I think they could never discredit him. So if he Bro. spoke up, mm. he, he could have made a massive impact. Massive. Obviously, we'll never know, innit? In his yeah. home state. We'll in his know. home state. This, this, yeah, and this so is what cute. I'm saying, like, this is what I'm saying. And this, we'll is, a, this is away from the court, innit? Like, fam, there's nothing... T- like, you cannot say anything bad about Jordan, the player. Like, And that's a fact. Like, let's take all the it's arguments true, that true. we normally have. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. nothing you can say about Jordan, the player. However... Jordan the the mo the mogul what's what's the word that you would use? Yeah, but, but, Dan, but Daniel, Daniel, can I? Before, I, no, I know on, you're gonna go, go your go point, on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know you're gonna go your point, yeah. But and I and I and I do and I do agree with you in it. I do agree with you. Let's not get that that twisted in it. My point is, yeah. Michael Jordan's mentality was: what I show you on the TV day in day out is what you judge me on. I, and what I, I do outside that. of my life. I understand this whole, mo- this whole mogul no, thing. I, this whole mm. new trend of every like your your whole. Your, but um, it's not new. your it's career not new. and your it's business being more than no, but no, but no, but my point, my it's point not, is, my, my point is, Jordan never wanted to be that guy. He it's, never uh, wanted to be that but, mogul. Fan. He just wanted to be is, a basketball player. This is That's what I point. always try to explain, though, to people. I understand you don't want to be that guy. However, when you when you've put yourself into that position, sometimes you don't have, you have a to choice. Take everything that comes with you it, have to take every what what parts of being great you wanna you wanna exhibit. Like, 100%. fam, you either be great or you don't. And fam, 
like I said, Jordan the player is great, no doubt about it. However, I have exactly. questions about that mentality. That means that's but a fam, weakness in the yeah. mentality. This, 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 but then this is exactly the reason why he said that, fam. I'm not. I'm I'm more than ready to walk away from the game of basketball, fam, because people say that they want to live a day in Michael Jordan's shoes, but you don't understand the pressures that comes with that, fam. Oh, 100 yeah, percent. Oh, hey, bro, we can't even imagine how. Do, do you get like, what I'm saying? Because we, yeah, we yeah, can we debate can't. this now. We can debate this now, but fam, this is what's going on in his head, bro. He could have been saying that, fam, like, I want to speak up about this, but I don't know how my life could change afterwards or people around. Do you get what I'm saying, fam? Like, it's... Yeah, I, I hear you. I try, I try to defend him, but I look at Ali and I think there's no excuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah Especially with hindsight. People, yeah, yeah, people were getting head-topped in Ali's... People were getting head-topped in Ali's time when they spoke up about this stuff. Mm. Do you get what I mean? Mm. If we're talking about Ali, Ali had not having a desire to win. He definitely had a desire to win. Do you mm. know what I mean? Mm. He was a he was a talented boxer in the ring, but why he's remembered so much is for what he did outside of the ring yeah. and what he had to stand for. He didn't want to miss three years of his career. Mm. I'm Prime sure he is. didn't want to become he didn't want to become the face of a civil rights movement. Yeah. He was just simply someone who was standing for what he believed exactly. in. Exactly. Mm. And that's how it came about. So I, I, I do get it. Obviously I wish Joshua, um, Joshua, I wish Michael Jordan would have sort of kind of put the whole brand significance. Yeah, no, I agree, I agree, I agree. Mm-hmm. And spoke, do you know what I mean? Because, no, Derek, nah, you're making, really untruthfully. Derek, you're making a key you, point. You can't say he didn't experience racism in North Carolina. Derek, 100% he did. Derek, and Josh, this is what I keep saying to you, like, fam, you need to remember that. Like, Jordan was so powerful to the point where his, like he didn't, he could, he could have retired after the first three P, mm. and his Jordans would still be selling the same now. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah. Like he was that powerful. Yeah. That's why I said, or that's yeah, why I yeah, say, yeah. and obviously, fair enough, you can make the argument that hindsight is a wonderful thing, and that's what I'm using yeah, basically. Of course, of course. But at the end of the day, we have it, so I'm going to use it in it, fam. Jordan had a platform mm. in it, and I feel like he didn't do enough to be, to be. Yeah, a trailblazer. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. had to be an Ali. You, th- you think he didn't want to just be quiet and just win his titles and cut? Like, nah, bro. Nah, d- fam. D- definitely. Nah, I hundred percent agree, fam. Because, fam, we've seen even before Jordan's time, bro. We saw um, Kareem. What he done? What Bill he Russell. done for black people? From yeah, Bill yeah. Ross. What he done for for black people? Yeah. You know what I'm saying. So there had there had been players before him who are taking yeah, a start. Yeah, yeah. So he didn't have an excuse of oh, I, I had nothing to fall back on. I don't know who's done it before and how should do it now. Do you mm. get what I'm saying? I, yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah, fam. Yeah. I 100% agree with what you man saying. I'm yeah. just trying to understand why Jordan done what he done, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, for sure. Do you know what I mean? Comes down to money. Bro, that, that, that's, that's, that's what I'm trying to... It's the coin. Yeah. To, make, to make a final point on it, yeah. I think it's just... It's the coin. Obviously, as we said, it's with hindsight, innit? Yeah. But I think it's mm. not telling, but it's... Remember when he made the statement um, pro-Nike against Reebok when oh, he covered yeah. his... Um, the Reebok logo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even if it's something as simple as that, fam, like he doesn't have to, he you know, capable. be as aggressive with capable. it. You know what I mean? Uh, he could have done something very good, something minor, oh, just to show that Harvey, even just stand there with Harvey Gant on the stage, that's something as minor as that. Man, you mm. know what I'm saying? I think it's he didn't have to be aggressive. You could still be yourself yeah. while you know um, being a light for your people. No, hundred yeah. percent. The foundation of that was 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 money. He was loyal yeah. to his brand because of the not only the trust they put in him, but how much they invested. Yeah, and mm. I think the people influencing him like, as well. Do you know what? Do you know what? Hundred percent. Michael Jordan sold out. He's a sellout. He's a sellout. Oh, <laughs> shut up, man. You think, you think, I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say he's. 
I'm joking. I wouldn't say he's a complete sellout. Nah, he's yeah, not. He's not. Of he's course, not, he probably not. had the biggest platform in terms of sports as as a black athlete. Yeah, he didn't use it. yeah, yeah. Effectively, yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah. that's why. That's why, like, okay, if we're talking of athletes, yeah, his name's mentioned, but when you're talking of like actual greats as black athletes who took a stand for what they believe in, mm. when his Ali's name is mentioned, you will never hear Jordan's name. Yeah, you can't. You can't. Hundred percent not. We should. Nowhere, nowhere we should. But you will never. Mm. That, but that, that's what that's what I always tell you, man, bro. The Mount Rushmore is not um, uh, the the list of moral achievements, fam. That's not what we're basing <laughs> yeah, it on. Moral achievements, fam. But um, now I think one thing I, I just wanted to get into just quickly before we go into the next bit is um, I put it on a post yesterday. Um, trauma motivation, and what I mean by that is the fact that we see. In America, so many players, their desire to be great in their sport comes from where they've come from. Do you get what yeah. I'm saying? The fact that they've come from poverty. Um, when you contrast that to me, I can't I can't speak for every white person, but when you contrast that to, to the motivation behind them wanting to be in the NBA or, or, or the NFL, you can see the difference, bro. They're, they're not doing it because they want to get their mama out of poverty, man. Yeah. They actually want to play the sport because this is what I love doing, isn't it? Like, I'm good at this. And this is what I love doing, but... For us, it's a matter of, bro, if I don't make it in the NBA, Yo, I'm finished, fam. It's done, bro. Like, I am finished, fam. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Fact, I just think um, that's all together, man. That was an interesting um, conversation just then, man. Yeah, very interesting. But um, what I want to get into now is how the media can improve in their coverage and how, um, you know, they approach the, the reality that... Um, racism is embedded in their coverage and their biases. Um, just how you guys think that the media can improve and um, just their role in general. Yeah, Derek, take this one, innit, before we finish up. That's, that's a very hard question, though. That's kind of like saying, you know... How do we solve like racism? To, yeah, that's like saying, how do, you, how do you stop a lion from being aggressive? Mm. No, literally. It's in his nature. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? How do you how do you how do you stop a snake from biting when it sees prey? Like it's in its nature, and I feel like the media is in its nature to you know to everything be based on the coin. Bad news sells more than good news. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, literally. The media there, like the media and the government work hand in hand. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, for instance, I was I thought it was funny the other day, right? Okay, COVID nineteen happened. That was dominating the headlines. Then obviously George Floyd, Black Lives Matter, and then okay, what are we gonna do? We have to create a distraction. Madeline mm-hmm. McCann. Every single major front newspaper page. yesterday, the front page was Madeline mm. McCann. That's the media's power, Bro. you know. Do you that's, so, that's 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 that's, that's the, the media's power. I, you're not telling me the government has something to do with that. Oh, 100%. Mm. Disperse the narrative. So uh, it's hard to, for me to, to 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 find ways in when when you ask about how do you improve. Um, uh, uh, an industry that's built on making money off of people's downfalls. Mm. It's a sad thing. Bad news sells more than good news. You know what I'm saying? They mm. need they need people to get shot and stabbed. They need people to get countries to get bombed because that's what they cover. Yeah. You know Bro, ah, it's such a deep question. I feel like the whole media this needs to be turned upside down. Hundred. That starts with that's people true. within these people within these media outlets because. You go into these media outlets and, like, okay, for instance, it reflects the people in the organisation. Look at the sun. Yeah. I can imagine what type of people run the sun, like, Dang. having a meeting, like, all right, so 
what 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 lady we're putting on this page today and mm. what tableau story we're making up tomorrow like it reflects the people in the industry 100% you know? yeah. like, you know the stories that will come up in the economic or the financial times in comparison to the daily mail or the sun yeah so, yeah, yeah yeah it's a tough one but i think um it's just to do with changing the ideologies of people mm. because then i think like if people understand you know this whole racism and Black Lives Matter. Then an editor is not going to pick write a story and say, "Oh, Raheem Sterling earns five hundred k a week, but goes to Poundland." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you know what I mean? They'll begin to understand that actually this is discrimination, this exactly. is racism yeah. because you would persecute that person for being flashy, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro. but then you persecute him for saving money. How does that even make sense? Yeah. So I think it comes down to the people within, and until the people internally change then unfortunately these media outlets are not going to change they're still going to ask stupid questions like oh well I get the guy has been killed which is bad but what about the looting mm. yeah. when England football factory Green Street when these country, when these football fans are fighting each other and smashing places up abroad mm. are you not talking about hooganism or, or rioting yeah. so yeah I feel like it starts with people and unfortunately it's a never ending cycle because these people is full of bigoted racist mm. people who are driving these media corporations. So uh, only if all these organizations caught fire and we had a new system coming. <laughs> bro, fam, Derek, fam. That's only I see it changing. You, you, you hit, you hit the nail on the head, bro. Fam, I'm, I'm part of um, a, um, a social commentary platform called the, the, the TCS, innit? The Common Sense. Oh, Common Sense Network. Yeah, it's yeah, run yeah. by Mike, innit? Yeah, my, 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 yeah Mike's my mentor, yeah, innit? Yeah. So, um, cool, cool. bruv, even like we've analyzed, found that the problem is one, ownership and concentration, innit? There's a few outlets yep. that dominated um, our vested interest in it. That's for one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another one is output as well, bruv. Like, there's an increasing number of disenfranchised people, fam. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? That's another problem. Mm-hmm. Stats for you to even back up what, what you're saying, um, Derek, fam. Um, free companies dominate 71% of the national newspaper market, fam. Free yeah. companies. Yeah. Two companies have nearly 40% of all commercial local analog radio licenses and control two thirds of all commercial digital stations. Yeah. This is just imagine. this is just the That's UK. All bro. forms of media as well. Bro, yeah. and so when 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 we look at the concentration, bro, in terms of the media, it's all vested in like a, a limited number of hands, bro. So <laughs> all the yeah, all the stuff yeah, yeah. that we're getting is a limited amount of people that are deciding what, what we're learning, bruv, at the end of the day, man. 100%. Yeah. That is 100%. the problem, fam. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, bro, we learn what they what we, what we they want us to learn at the end of the day, man. 100%. That's the yeah, truth. Yeah. yeah, man. But yeah, man, fam, we've got, we've got 10 minutes left. Um, and I think we've covered quite a bit today in regards to the media, racism, and just giving our anecdotes on experiences in sport. Um, but... Something that I wanted to get on to you and something that I think is important to mention because you're obviously a boxer and you have a lot of experience and a lot of insight is two things. So obviously the second part of the question is that you're going to give your Mount Rushmore of boxing. So your your, yeah, cool, your cool, four cool. guys you think are the Mount Rushmore. And I want an insight into your opinions on Fury, AJ and Wilder and where you rank them <laughs> and how you rank them. Oh, interesting one. Um... Alright, let's start with AJ. Obviously, I love AJ. I think he's a great boxer. Um, I think... Let's put it like this. Fury can beat AJ. Alright? He can beat Dana White. But AJ can beat Fury. And he can also beat Dana White. But Dana White can also beat Fury. They can all beat each other. Literally. It Mm. depends on 
what version of each boxer turns up on the day. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. We saw Fury outbox Deontay Wilder. I didn't think he would stop him, so I was shocked when he stopped him and you would outbox him. But um, would I say AJ is a better boxer than Deontay Wilder? Yes. Do I think Fury could toy with AJ the way he did Deontay Wilder? No. No. Do I think AJ hits just as hard? Yes. Could AJ stop Fury? Yes. So there's so many hypothetical questions and I feel like I'm so tired of talking about this debate and I just want to see them fight, really. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's going to be and one of the biggest AJ fights and Fury, Yeah. It will be one of the biggest fights and I feel like it's not a foregone conclusion. Like, okay, we mentioned Fury. I love Fury, but Fury got dropped by a cruiserweight. Mm. Do you know what I mean? He's been dropped by a wilder. Like, are people forgetting that AJ can bang? <laughs> check the <laughs> no, facts. literally, check, that's check what the I'm Like, you can bang. Fair enough. I mean? Fair enough. Fury won the so, first fight in, in everyone's eyes. He still got dropped, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. He still got dropped. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, I feel like um, they've all got weaknesses and strengths that make an interesting fight. Mm. Do you get what I mean? Like, okay, Fury is a much better boxer than AJ, but AJ's a good boxer himself and AJ's strong. AJ is not going to get pushed around like Wilder. Literally. You know what I'm saying? And at the same time, if AJ catches Fury flashing the chin, has he got that punch resistance? We don't know. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Dylan White. Can, can Dylan White's left hook drop Fury? I think so. Can they drop AJ? I think so. It wobbled him Wobbled. when he was injured. Yeah. <laughs> before he had a, Remember, before he had a surgery... Yeah. yeah. So since he's had his surgery, his hook is even more lethal. So, I am, man. I feel like I just need to see them fight. It might not happen because boxing's politics, different TV stations, different promoters. So, but what's your yeah, ranking of the three? What's your ranking of the three? Ranking of the three. Okay, ranking of the three. I could only go based on right now. Yeah, yeah. Right now, and if I'm talking <clears throat> historically, it is AJ first. Why? Because he holds the mm-hmm. most belts. He holds the bigger portion of the heavyweight world titles. That's it. Second, I'd have Fury. Some people will argue he's first, but well, I can't lie. The only thing that bothers me about Fury is he wins a belt and then he's never defended it. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, yeah. when he won the world titles the first time, he never defended it. Yeah. He's won this one. He's yet to have a defence, so we'll see. So I can't put him, based on that, I can't put him above Joshua. Mm. And then um, third, I would put Deontay Wilder just because he's the former champ I'm not basing that on skill yeah um, and if it was based on skill I'd put Deontay I'd put Dylan White against Deont- uh, above Deontay Wilder and then probably fourth I'd put Dylan White oh so, man so, fair yeah. enough and I feel like yeah like uh, we have to remember obviously Fury like he beat he beat Klitschko I think AJ beat a better Klitschko mm. do you AJ, think so? remember yeah, 100% mm. that was the best Klitschko we've seen in, in 10 world. years remember mm. Klitschko got used to winning fights easy by jabbing not having to jabbing his way through fights exactly yeah. exactly he underestimated Fury Fury got a lucky version of Klitschko that was sleeping yeah mentally he woke up by the time of the AJ fight and he showed because he came out a different guy yeah so I think AJ doesn't get enough credit as for beating Klitschko as Fury does mm. and like I said Fury he's had what how many hard fights in his career not many I think it's about <laughs> you know I mean? two I, I would even say one two two, two yeah. Klitschko and, and not, Klitschko and Wilder exactly and he's won his belts and never defended him yeah. so he's never stayed at the top to mm. prove that he is the best sure. AJ as far as I can remember he's been there and he, he's done he's walked the walk he's fought what's there the opposition's not great but they have to respect he's, it. He's done his job, innit? That's what happened with Ruiz. 
Yeah. What about Mount yeah. Rushmore, man? I'm very intrigued to hear Mount Rushmore, bro. Because boxing history has to be some of the most interesting in any sport. So I'm definitely interested yeah, yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. Rushmore. Uh, Mount Rushmore, number one undisputed, Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Um, obviously, I wasn't alive at the time he was about, but for me, it's not just that he what he meant inside the ring, he was a talented boxer, but it's what he stood for outside of the ring. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was a man that stood for what he believed in and was, wasn't prepared to to sell out just for the sake of his career. Yeah. And that's something I'd always I'd always respect to for the sure. end. So definitely Muhammad Ali. Um number two, a close second would be Mike Tyson. Yeah. Hey. Uh, Mike Tyson and Mike. as bad as as much as you want to look at him, he changed the game because when you think about it, he had no business winning the world title at his age. What? And at his stature. Mm-hmm. He's five based on history, he's five foot ten. In the heavyweight he had division. No business being there at his age in heavyweight division. So and uh, I just think he's probably one of the best boxers that ever lived. Um, number three, I put Ray Jones Jr. because <laughs> he did what he wanted and he made it work for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? the, he, he took the textbook and he threw it at the experts. And yeah. Said, Boy, I'm going to box, I want to box. And he was at the peak of his game. That's my number three. I think number four. It's an interesting one. There's too, there's too many, man. There's bad. Who would be my number four? Bear. I'd say Marvin Hagler. Do you think so? Man. Yeah, well, I'd say Marvin Hagler. Oh, it's tough. No, no, let me rephrase that. In this one, Mark Ra- Ra- Rushmore, I'd say Floyd Mayweather. I was going to say. Well, I, I was actually going to say. <laughs> no, see, you can't ask a boxer their best boxers are too many. It's, but why yeah, I say yeah. Floyd Mayweather, he, a pit in my, like, he made boxers have more of a voice when it comes to discussing contracts. Yeah. He duffel increased the how much boxers get paid. Yeah, player power, team, man. And, mm. and I think... He, he embodies the fact of being a sound businessman outside of the ring, but being one of the best boxers inside of the ring. Is it, is he might not like his personality, but he's changed the game. Yeah. He's probably one of the first boxers who made that much money promoting himself. Yeah. It's, no so. it's no coincidence. It's no coincidence. Is it fair to say not, your, not, your, your Mount Rushmore is different from your top four? If you had, a top, if you had to name your top four, would it be any different from your Mount Rushmore? Just, just, based your, yeah, just based on your yeah, just based on your reasoning. Uh, wait, what do you mean? Come again? What do you mean? As in, if you had to name your top four best boxers in history, would that be different from your Mount yeah, Rushmore? Because yeah. it uh, seems like your Mount Rushmore oof. is based on not just what they've done in the ring, but what they've done outside. For example, like with your reasoning for Muhammad Ali and Floyd. I can't lie to you. If it was top best four boxers, I don't think the four would change, you know. Yeah, there so, a lot of honourable mentions. Yeah. But I can't lie to you. Muhammad Ali in his own right was a phenomenal boxer. Yeah. Mm. And three years out of his prime. Three years out of his prime. I think people don't understand the, the level of risk he was taking boxing George Foreman. George Foreman was, you know, stopping everyone. So, mm. yeah. Mayweather, a talented boxer. Do you know what I mean? Tyson, let's not even go there. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. But bro, cool, bro. we want to say... A big thank you to, for coming on today, big, man. Big, it's been, big a, it's been you, an man. interesting. Nah, thank you, you lot, man. Yeah, this, man. This one has been an amazing one. It's been a, it's been a blessed ep- episode. I can't wait to hear it back. Hundred percent, man. Hundred percent. Hey, lads. How about you lot are doing, lads? It's been a, it's been a good one, man. Hey, we want to have you again. back, Derek, man. We want to have you back for when big fights. Nah, reaction to big fights. Whenever, whenever, whenever. <laughs> also, man. Before, like we, said, before we go, go on, Derek. Go on, go on. Go on. No, I'm, no, I'm just going to say, bro. So I could come back and say, "Mama, I made it, fam." So you. Alright, say no more, you man. <laughs>